0: Welcome to The Aldridges, a podcast with Dan and Harriet. Follow what they get up to in business, travel, fitness and family life. And all the fun they have along the way. They don't take life too seriously, but are serious about living their best life. Join them for regular updates on it all. And don't forget to subscribe for weekly uploads of The Aldridges. Hello and welcome back to our podcast, The Aldridges. We are now here bringing you series two. So if you're new here, there is a whole series one, 20 episodes for you guys to catch up on. Or feel free to jump in right where we are now. Um, But we are very excited to be back and we've got a great episode for you guys lined up.
1: 100%. Now this is a very special episode because for the first time ever, we might not be able to do it in one take as we have just had a baby yeah
0: that's the title and
1: oakley is fast asleep in the other room and we've got one ear open for any squelches squawks (laughs) screams any noises that comes in that bedroom we will be pausing the podcast and coming right back to you but fingers crossed we can get the whole story told in one episode
0: yeah so we decided today to tell you all about our birth, our birth story. Um, we've had a baby. It's crazy to think that when we first started this podcast, it was, we are having a baby and we were announcing our pregnancy. And now here we are, 20 episodes on, and we've had our little girl. So today we're going to share our birth story with you. Um, and like Dan said, we, we're going to try our best to get it done. She's, she's now three weeks old. And I feel like we're only just at the point where we're ready to tell this story. Just. 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 so um, I guess where it all starts is probably a couple of weeks before she was born um, because for anyone that doesn't know I was actually 42 weeks plus one day um, pregnant when she was born so she was fully cooked and I was definitely ready for her to be evacuated wasn't I
1: (laughs) evacuated 100% I think you are well you were definitely the end of your tether yeah. And you uh, couldn't wait for her to just arrive, as the same for all of us, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it it was really hard, actually. And I, obviously, I share a lot of my life on social media. And I was really open in sharing all of my pregnancy with you guys um, on the podcast and on Instagram, things like that. But as I got closer towards the end, I did kind of pull back a little bit and just want that bit of privacy. So there's lots of things that I probably haven't filled you guys in on. Um, when I was uh overdue, lots of people were saying, "Oh, haven't you had a stretch and sweep?" And, "Oh, were well, you going to be induced?" And all this stuff. And they were questions. I guess I didn't really want to answer at the time because I was kind of going through it. Um, but you know we can confirm. Uh, Did we have three? I think I say we. <laughs> I had three, <laughs> three stretch and sweeps, um, and actually I would have gone on to have more, but the 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 last woman really put me off, didn't she? She was brutal. Yeah, it was. I was
1: watching from the other side of the room thinking, God, she's really going for this. I think she
0: lost her hand up there for a minute. Like, <laughs> there was lots of rummaging going on. And do you know what the most deflating things uh, thing was about it is on all three stretch and sweeps, my cervix wasn't even open. In fact, they couldn't even reach my cervix. So for anyone that hasn't been pregnant or doesn't know, your cervix actually sits quite far back. Um and as you dilate it softens and shortens and your cervix basically comes forward and then obviously it starts to open as you dilate. So my cervix was like really far back, it wasn't where it should be, and that was really frustrating for me because I felt like I we weren't making progress. Your body
1: just wasn't ready to have a baby yet.
0: Yeah, and that was really frustrating. Um that week was emotionally draining to say the least, wasn't it? Oh, I we had
1: to, we did I've never done so many activities in my life. Yeah. We literally kept so busy We'd done so many things. Yeah. Barbecues, parks, just days out, trips, walks, drives. Crazy just to try and pass the time, really.
0: It was, and we were lucky to spend a lot of time. It was half term at the time, wasn't it? So my, my sister and the kids and Sean pretty much kept us entertained, were feeding us. It was just so weird. I felt that we were living in like a weird parallel universe to everyone else where... Technically, we could have just carried on with life as normal while we were waiting for the baby to come, but I just couldn't. Men- the, best,
1: the best way to describe it, what I was telling everyone was, imagine having your bags packed at the front door, ready to be loaded in the car for a holiday. Yeah. And then you don't know when the holiday is. They're, someone's just going to text you at some point saying, right, time to go. Yeah. So until then, you're sort of looking out the window, you're looking at your watch, you're looking at your phone thinking, when am I going to get this text? Yeah. And it's just like that.
0: It might sound pathetic, but it was things like we'd cleaned the house ready to bring the baby home. And I mean, how many times do you think we did that clean? <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I, I'm not even joking when I say I think we cleaned the house ready for the baby at least five or six You're just times. just preparing
1: everything, but then it gets to Food the point shops. where the preparation becomes old.
0: Yeah, it does. So we were, we were trying to be super organised. And, and I know lots of people will say it doesn't really matter. But we were trying to have a clean house so that it, that was done. We were trying to have food in the in the fridge and in the cupboards. We were just, you know, I was trying to make sure that I'd washed my hair fresh for hospital.
1: So what we're trying to say is, the two weeks leading up to birth, <laughs> we weren't very happy. We weren't.
0: We weren't happy at all. <laughs> and actually, they, um, the the guidelines, especially in our area anyway, I'm not sure about um, other places in the UK, but in or our... Or
1: other countries, because we have global listeners. Oh, there we go. We're yeah. other countries. For the fans in Peru. There we
0: go. <laughs> Um the guidelines around here recently changed where they now induce you from 41 weeks, whereas literally two weeks before they don't induce you until 42 weeks. So we were actually put on the list to be induced, but there was a huge shortage of staff um in our area. And so And do
1: you know why that was? Because it was the Jubilee weekend. they were all on the piss. <laughs> they all booked a day off work for the Jubilee weekend.
0: Yeah. The well... staff
1: car park in the IUH was Dead. It was
0: empty until the Jubilee was over, yeah, wasn't ne- it?
1: Yeah, the next day after that, it was rammed. Yeah, that's true. Hilarious. Um,
0: I think I think there's, there is a huge shortage of, of midwives anyway, and a lot of the staff at the Bath RUH, I think, are bank staff, so I think they kind of just pick and choose their hours, so I think that makes it extra difficult. Um, but yeah, so we were um, put on the list, and funnily enough, we actually had a phone call to be called in on the very first day of being on the list... <laughs> But we missed it because they rang at 1.30 in the morning, which I didn't even know was possible. So um, anyway, we then missed our space, we remained on the list. And a long story short, we didn't get called in until the following Sunday, which was Sunday the 5th of June. So for those of you that don't know, my due date was the 23rd of May.
1: So we could have had her a week earlier if you didn't miss that phone call.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Crazy. 23rd of May. Um, was our due date and we didn't get called in to be induced until the 5th of June and she was born on the 7th so we were we were late <laughs> um we were actually at your mum's weren't we at the time yep so we weren't expecting to be called in
1: no so we went to my mum's for again another day of family fun and also slash a bit of killing time and eating and eating yes um and within five minutes of being there the phone rang <laughs> and the food that my mum was preparing still was in the oven. So we were like, Mum, quick, plate us up a bit of pizza. We scoffed it, we're out the door and on our way to IUH within 10 minutes. And we were just buzzing. Like it's quite a funny feeling because you're driving to the hospital, absolutely buzzing, but then you have to remember that you're going to push a human out of your vagina. Oh, so thank you. There's this excitement mixed with absolute terror. And I know that everyone's going to say, Yeah, it's right for you, Dan, but. I was still terrified, yeah. and it wasn't even happening to me.
0: Yeah, it was nerve-wracking. And also, like you said, we were willing them to call us all week. I was ringing them every single day. Hi, is there any update on the induction list? Literally ringing several times a day sometimes. And then when they called us, we always didn't want to go in. Um, but I guess that was just, like, nerves and stuff. Um, so we got in, and I was examined pretty much straight away. And I was a finally one centimetre, um, which... I know it sounds like nothing, but it felt like huge progress. It, meant, it?
1: it meant something was happening.
0: Yeah, and it also it meant movement. we were able to have the cook balloon. Um, so, for anyone that doesn't know, they basically insert two balloons um, one in your cervix, one in your vagina. And... Can I just say,
1: for anyone who's out there who's not ready for babies, <laughs> this, this, might this not podcast be... <laughs> actually might be quite sque- 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 squeamish? Is that the word? Squeamish. What's the word?
0: squeamish
1: squeamish
0: squeamish
1: squeamish yeah <laughs> yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be squeamish for any of you guys who basically me six months ago if i was listening to this podcast i'd be like screwing my face up thinking oh but well, go on w- carry on you your balloon
0: sorry we maybe should have made this disclaimer at the start of the
1: episode well then. most of the listeners are mums aren't they So yeah
0: I feel like you're not going to click on a birth story if you're not ready to hear.
1: Imagine, like, a 19-year-old lad listening on his way to work. I don't think he'd click it, would he? I you?
0: don't quite think that's our demographic. No. 19-year-old <laughs> lad. You
1: know. If
0: you're out there, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, um, Yeah. so basically, they put two balloons, one in your cervix, one in your vagina, and they fill them with 80 ml of water, and this physically expands your cervix, doesn't this it? This
1: basically, like, forces it from either end Yeah. to, to, to try up. and sort of... Nudge it or whatever the word is,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and I'm too tired to even think of the uh, words today. I know.
0: Um, and this stays in for 12 hours. Um, and basically, I had instant contractions from this. So they put it in at 9 pm, and within five minutes, I was having contractions, wasn't I? Yeah, and
1: you were full on, like, you know, like what you, what you see on TV with the breathing, and
0: yeah. So I'd done hypnobirthing, and um, I you know practiced loads of techniques and strategies and stuff and I was really ready to apply it and I think up to this point I was doing really well um the I was slightly wary because we were on a ward and all we had separating us from the other people was a curtain and I was trying to be quiet um so that was difficult because I yeah I was in instant pain Dan was massaging me and um they we asked some pain relief <laughs> it
1: was where the stress began from that moment on <laughs>
0: They asked for some pain relief and they gave me paracetamol. <laughs> and I was thinking, I haven't got a headache, hun. Like, oh, but I suppose they have to start you off, you know, with the basics, did not they?
1: Yeah, I'm the... Uh... On the minimal stuff, yeah, the non-hard stuff.
0: Yeah, um. So then the uh, then I started being sick, started throwing up instantly. So every contraction I was having at the same time, I was like into
1: those sort of bedpans. Yeah, it's just not nice—a cardboard bowl.
0: I actually can picture I was on. I was bouncing on the ball, leaning over the bed. You're massaging me, and I'm being sick in a bedpan. It was
1: where the stress started, honestly. (laughs) I I I, I kind of had forgotten all of this.
0: Yeah, I know. We're reliving it. That hence we. It's taken us three weeks. do this episode so then the uh, midwife came along and said okay um she gave me an sickness injection in my bum and said would you like to get in the bath and I was like oh my god absolutely because a water bath is was my ideal anyway I love being in the bath I love being in water um to
1: think we thought that it might come then
0: yeah I know (laughs) so we got in the bath and we honestly Dan was timing my contractions weren't you yeah
1: until 4am
0: yeah and I was in the bath for so long. We had to keep topping it up with hot water, and we genuinely thought the how how painful it was. We thought that was it, didn't we? Oh, we thought, we thought it was on its. Baby's way. coming. Yeah. Um. But it got to four a.m. We decided to get out of the bath. Um. As it, I remember, I remember walking back to the ward, and um. Having a contraction in the corridor. I remember I stopped on the side, held onto the wall, yeah. had a contraction, breathed through it and then carried on walking, um, which is just insane. It's
1: insane, but in that environment it was normal. Yeah. There was other women doing the same. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You wouldn't think nothing of it. So then the 4.30 came, they gave me some Oromorph um, and the contraction stopped, didn't they? Yeah. Literally stopped. So you decided to go home for one hour. Oh, yeah. You you literally, you left the RUH and, and got I think there I
1: left, and back. I think and... I left at half four, got home for five, had a half an hour, shower, brush my teeth, Not change of clothes, there. and then was back.
0: You were back within an hour. Back, it took me so one you... hour
1: there and back, yeah. Yeah. Just because I didn't want to leave you on your own and all I wanted to do was freshen up. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, because even though we'd been prepared for weeks to go into hospital, we also weren't really prepared that day, were we? Um, so, yeah. So then Dan was back... Ready for the next day, and at 9am they took the balloon out, and I was two centimetres.
1: Yeah, another step closer.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and they said, this is brilliant news, you are now dilated enough to have your waters broken, but there's a little bit of a wait, you have to go on a list.
1: Lack of staff. (laughs) Another list. Another jubilee. (laughs) Uh,
0: For your waters to be broken down in the labour suites, so... Monday was a write off. The next
1: day was just a waiting game. It was a kind of like. No no, no contractions, no pain. No,
0: nothing.
1: The first day of Love Island, wasn't it? You watched Love Island that night.
0: Yeah, so um, shout out to Alice and Jay. Uh, They don't listen to this podcast. We need to send it to them. I'm going to send it to them. So, hey.
1: (laughs) I could do a whole episode on Jay.
0: (laughs) Just Jay, or what about Alice? She was there. Me
1: and Jay have got a special bond. (laughs)
0: Um, So, Alice and Jay were a couple that were literally in the. In the bay opposite us on the ward, yeah, and we instantly made friends with them from the second we walked in.
1: Uh, the things we had in common was unbelievable.
0: Oh yeah, but
1: we'll want... come into that later on.
0: All right. Um. Well, no, I feel like you have to tell them now, otherwise they we're going into the, the details. Maybe we can
1: get them on a podcast episode one day. <laughs>
0: um. But yeah, they they were similar age to us. Um. They basically we were mimicking each other's um labor, weren't we? Alice yeah. had the balloon a few hours before me. Then I had the balloon. Then she was put on the list for the waters to be broken, and then I was put on the list. So it was all very... She was like
1: the canary down the mine for you, testing things out.
0: She, For anyone that doesn't know what that saying means, she basically... Everyone knows what that No, they don't, because I didn't know.
1: What does it mean, then?
0: It basically means, like, send a canary down to, to be like a guinea pig and trial run it for you first.
1: Shall we just tell the real story?
0: Is it interesting? Yeah. Go on, then.
1: In the olden days, down the mines... <laughs> They used to, because there was gases down the mines, so if you breathed in they were toxic, right. they would always take a canary down the mine first, and if at any point the canary would fall off its perch, it means get out gas.
0: So Alice was a canary... Down the mine. <laughs> ...with the gas fumes. Yeah. Right.
1: She, she was testing it out, and if she, it was okay for her, it means it was okay for you.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, one of the bonding moments, I think, between Dan and Jay was, uh, Dan's had this game on his phone for quite a while... Um, and it's a game
1: of pool. He- well, the reason why I've got this game <laughs> is because I had a strict instruction list of things to have on my hospital bag. And on the bottom of the list was get a game. Now, I didn't realise this meant a board game or a pack of cards. I thought, all right, I'll go on my phone and download a game because <laughs> there's lots of waiting round. Anyway, I downloaded Pool, a classic game. Yeah. And uh, I was playing it for some time and racked up a few pool coins and got quite <laughs> level level 25 on the game. Which I found very frustrating. And Harriet, every time Harry wanted me, I'd be like, hang on, I've just got to get this in. And then. Uh, well,
0: midwives would come along and Dan would not put his phone down if he were in the middle of a game. It
1: was important. Quarterfinals <laughs> quarter of the Pool, pool Cup. Honestly, you're, but, you're lucky you came out of this But game. anyway, this is the funny moment. I was playing this game, I felt like a loser because I knew I was being a loser. Harriet was annoyed at me. I was being rude to the midwives. <laughs> Jay and Alice were sat opposite us. And I was thinking, God, I hope they don't see me playing this game. And then all of a sudden, out the corner of my eye, I see Jay doing this particular look at his phone, which like, I He tilted his screen. tilted his screen to try and line up a shot. And Jay had the pool game as well. And Jay was sat opposite me with Alice playing the pool game. And it turned out that Jay... Had been playing the pool game for years and is like an expert on the game and is like a almost like on, on the leaderboards of legends on the game. So yeah. it was hilarious how Jay had the game as well.
0: Yes, yeah, so that was your little bonding moment, wasn't it? Yeah. But um it was funny because both Alice and I sent you boys home, um, so that you because we kinda knew that realistically we weren't going to be sent down to the next morning. So um Jay went home, you came home to get a good night's sleep, me and Alice, um Alice came into my bay and we watched Love Island together. Me and Jay together. should
1: have gone for
0: a pint. <laughs> well, good job you didn't, because shortly after the episode of Love Island finished, Alice got called down to go and have her waters broken, so she had to get Jay back. Um, And I then texted you, didn't I, saying, Alice has gone down, we're next on the list, so keep your phone on loud. And then you came back the next morning. So this was, this was Tuesday morning. At like Tuesday the 7th. 7am? Yeah, Dan came back at 7am. And literally, within minutes of you being there, we got called down, didn't we?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> I came in, said hello, put my bag down, said, right, I'm just going to go to the toilet. Went went around the corner, went to the toilet. And whilst I was in the toilet, I had a phone call from Harriet saying, we've been called. <laughs> so um, I came running out the toilet, got the bag, packed up all our stuff, because we had to go from the Mary Ward down to the delivery suites. Um, mm-hmm. And then that was when the games really began. Yeah. Um, and things started to really get serious and i got even more nervous
0: <laughs> well we got taken down to a suite and instantly when you get on the on the ward for this for the the labor ward you can hear people giving birth so that's quite intimidating isn't yeah
1: babies crying women screaming <laughs> yeah men fainting
0: <laughs> oh just you <laughs> uh we'll come on to that um and the only annoying thing was my room didn't have a uh, a water what's it called like a, a pool it only had a, a tub in the bathroom which was fine and we did use it was it was still big but we didn't have a room that had a pool in um, but the first step was to break my waters so we there had we, a, we had <laughs> we had a lovely midwife called Jemima and um, she attempted to break my waters um, which if anyone's wondering it didn't hurt it wasn't even that uncomfortable like I actually found that part completely fine um, but she struggled to just, like, n- like nick the, the, the sack, basically. <laughs> nick the sack. Nick the sack. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. a little hook. And so she called a, a, a different midwife in to give it a go. Um, and so she did it. And then they started talking in code, didn't they? And I was like, what's happening? They're doing something. And then they basically explained that the baby's heart rate had dropped. Um. Whilst they were doing it, so they put they instantly put a clip on the baby's head, which they kind of, they described to us as being like a paper cut for the baby,
1: just to get a bit of blood, so you can then I think it monitors the throb of the blood, I think.
0: Oh, it's in, it's on the baby's head. Yeah, I know. yeah. and then it it sounded rather than going from the usual like beeping sound um which you get from the tocker, it was a um, like a woodpecker sound. Yeah, wasn't exactly. it? literally. Yeah, so you, it was the way that they could make sure they were monitoring her heart rate and not mine, um, that they that everything was fine. So I had to then lie on my side, um, uh, so yeah, rolled onto my side, and contractions began immediately. But unlike when I had the balloon, they were so much worse. And <laughs> let me tell you, there is nothing worse than having a contraction in a position that you're not comfortable in, because they hurt anyway. But to be in a position you don't want to be in, which I was really uncomfortable on my side, um, was really frustrating. But I had to stay like it for about ten minutes, and then they agreed they'd run the bath for me so that as soon as I was allowed to take the clip off. And baby's again, this head, is a
1: moment where we thought, right, baby's coming, didn't we?
0: Well, yeah, because it it, it the, the contractions came on so quick and so thick and so fast, we were like, well, it must be, yeah, because it was all happening so kind of abruptly out of nowhere. But, um, yeah, so then I got in the bath and then you started setting up, trying to make the room nice, didn't you? I was
1: preparing for the arrival.
0: Yeah. So tell everyone what you did.
1: So I got all the candles out, the little battery ones, electric tea lights, uh, dimmed the lights, put the light on my phone on, Mm because there was no sort of option to have a dim light, um, played music. Yeah. Um, just made it as nice and as cosy as possible, really. Yeah. Um. And I thought it seemed like a nice environment, but when you got a lady, aka you, who is in severe pain, I don't think it mattered where you were in the world. The pain was just so bad that you were not happy, were you?
0: Well, I tried to do my breathing techniques, which I had done really, really well when I was contracting on the first night. So I thought, right, come on, Harriet, get your breathing, like breathe through each one. But the problem was, as they were so much stronger. Even though I would say the Sunday night they were strong contractions, this was something else.
1: Yeah, and they were they were very similar in terms of their length of the contraction. Yeah, but they
0: were just taking over my body. And I was in the bath. Re- I, I couldn't even get comfortable. I couldn't relax. I I was struggling to keep my breathing going like at a nice pace. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is horrendous. And I knew that I was only two centimetres eight to go with eight to go and with it being first baby and knowing that you know they they I think there's like I swear as people say it's like an hour for every centimetre isn't it like when it's your first baby so I thought the pain I'm feeling now within the first half an hour of contracting there is no way that I can endure this for another potentially eight hours That was my mindset. So this is
1: when you checked your phone and had a reassurance from the canary down the mine. Alice had said that she'd had an epidural and it was literally life.
0: Yeah, I mean, me and Alice had been texting because I was obviously like, is the baby here yet? How are you doing? And she was like, I've just had an epidural and it's the best thing ever. So that was in the back of my mind. Now, going into labour and when we did our birth preferences and all of that, we had birth preferences that we wanted to birth in the water. We wanted it to be as calm and as natural as possible. But I did always say, and if you listen to our podcast before, I did always say that I don't know how much it's going to hurt. I've never done this before. I'm not close-minded to having pain relief. I'll, you know, I'll see how it goes. And I had my ideals, obviously, but because I'd never done this before, I I was open to having other things, wasn't I? So... I knew that if I had the epidural, I had to come out the water. But to be honest, this is how I'd summarize it: Yes, in a perfect world, I would have had a lovely, relaxing, you know, spa music, can candle lights, <laughs> like we did in the water, birth my baby. Oh, how beautiful! In reality, I was in pain in a dark room with some tea lights in the corner and Dan playing some some Spotify. <laughs> like it
1: just—you wouldn't want to be in that situation even if you weren't giving birth. <laughs> no
0: it just wasn't in reality it wasn't the experience i i kind of pictured it to be of this relaxing hypnobirthing experience
1: oh you also tried gas net, didn't you in the bath
0: i did try gas net. i was reluctant to try it because i've had it before um and it, ma- it makes me sick and i knew it would make me sick and
1: it did make you sick it made
0: me sick yeah and so i was in the bath so this is the other thing let's just paint you a little picture i'm in the dark Tea lights are on. The spa mu- music's playing. I'm having really rapid, thick con- contractions, and I'm being sick.
1: It was a little bit like a scene from The Exorcist. <laughs>
0: great, <laughs> great. So I made a very quick decision. To be honest, I'd say it, it, we. Don't, I'd only been contracting about forty minutes, and I'm and I already knew from asking the midwives previously if I want a if I want an epidural at any point. What's my limitations? And like, as in, how long does it take? At what point would you say no? It's too late for you to have one. And they said, well, it's a time issue because if the anaesthetist, uh, can never say it, the anaesthetist isn't available. Better than me. It can take up to an hour and a half um to get the anaesthetist down, to insert it and for it to start working. So I kind of had this in my mind and I thought, the sooner I, if I ask for it now, I've still got to con- potentially be contracting for another hour or so like this. So I very quickly said to my midwife, I, I want the epidural. I do. I, I definitely want it. I was slightly worried that that made me a bit of a failure. And that isn't my opinion, by the way. I think I was worried that Dan or the midwife or the other people in the room might think, oh, she's given in too soon.
1: I would have added it. I would have had anything to but try and make it easier.
0: It's not that I couldn't continue going through the contractions. I obviously could have, but I couldn't have endured it for potentially 8, 10, 12 hours. Like, I knew that. Anyone that
1: does that is an absolute trooper.
0: Well, obviously, the, the the thing about being induced, it's not that the contractions necessarily hurt more, but you, you aren't climatized to them. When you start contracting naturally and you go into labour by yourself your contractions start mild and they, they build and grow. So your body does climatize to it. Whereas when you're induced, it it literally is instant, instantaneous pain. So I think that's where I struggled. And then, so we basically then said we'd like an epidural. And we were quite lucky because he came quite quick, didn't he? Mm. Malcolm.
1: Malcolm, there he is.
0: South African guy.
1: Malcolm in the middle.
0: Maybe you can tell this part of the story.
1: Okay, so this is the bit that uh, is a bit of a touchy subject for me. But Malcolm came in with all his gear on and all his tools and equipment. And uh, <laughs> He's not a builder. <laughs> he was in my eyes. And uh, he said, right, we need to sit, swivel your legs around, hang them off the edge of the bed like you're sitting on the edge of the bed. With a Get, stool. Stool under your feet so your legs aren't dangling. And I'm going to find a spot in your spine to... Uh, get my needle through and it has to go through a window in your spine that's about the size of a 5p coin. Anyway, within, I don't know, maybe 20 seconds of him starting off the process, he goes, God, you've got a strong back. Your back's really tight. And uh, I think it's because of Harry's deadlifts, to be honest with you. Um, and he said he's never really had a, a woman's back this tough before. And that, that's what I thought, here we go, another problem, like nicking the sack, like, you know, <laughs> balloons and all the gas and sick. And I thought, here we go, another problem, heart, baby's heart dropping, or another stress. Anyway, little did I know, this was the biggest stress of them all. He was there for literally about 25 to 35 minutes, pushing and yeah. twisting, or not twisting, but sort of angling this needle through Harriet's back, saying to her, does this hurt? Does this hurt? And, he, and she, Harriet's like, yes, yes. And he was like, bit left, bit right. And Harriet was literally guiding this guy through her spine. <laughs> and I was, I was already, like, you have to remember, I got to the hospital at 7am. I hadn't had anything to eat that day. Hadn't had anything to drink that day um, because I was just having a baby, you know, yeah. focused on that. And uh, he was pushing to the point so hard where Harriet was leaning off the bed to the point we thought she was going to fall off the bed. Yeah. Now You have to push quite hard to push them off the bed of a needle. So Jemima was on Harriet's left-hand side, holding her left shoulder. I was on the right-hand side of Harriet. So it was like two people were spotting Harriet from falling off the bed. And he was pushing and pushing and pushing. And I was sweating and I was getting stressed. And I was thinking, God, he's literally rummaging around in Harriet's spine with all the nerves and that It are. was
0: crunching as well, wasn't it? It, it was, it was horrible. Was,
1: even saying it now and thinking about it, it was stresses me out. And that was when I got to the point where I was starting to feel lightheaded. And I, I said, um, guys, I don't feel very well. What, what shall I do? And all the women in the room, they were completely cool with it because they see it all the time. And they said, oh, right, okay, sit down, sit down, have some water, put your head between your legs. Now, I didn't put my head between my legs, but I did sit down and have a drink and it did sort me out. But for a split second, I felt like, if I would if I didn't say anything, if I would have like just sucked it up yeah, and cracked on, I 100 percent would have fainted. Yeah. Because I felt weak. You know, like you get that you sort went of grey. clammy you get a clammy feeling. Like like sweats exiting your body from all parts of your body. Yeah. And I was in a real bad way. So I I sat down, rested, um, had a drink, then he finally got it in your back and set up and ready to go, and that episode was done. But for me,
0: The whole process
1: is extremely stressful, but that for me was the worst part.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, it was quite traumatic for me as well, because like you said, I was being physically pushed off the bed. I was contracting whilst this was happening and I was in the most uncomfortable position. So I was having to say contractions coming so he could stop. I was then being sick um. at the same time so they were passing me bedpans to be sick in taking them away then I had a blood pressure machine going off automatically on my arm and then you were sat down like trying to gather yourself together and I was leaning on Jemima who's like a tiny size eight like you know slim build woman and I'm just fully putting all my my weight into her and she I mean she, she so was amazing you. she was amazing you're
1: having contractions you're being sick and you're having a needle through your spine yeah. And I was sat on the chair,
0: fainting. And I was like, are you okay, babe? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, to be honest, I don't blame you. Like, Dan, I remember Dan going, oh, I feel really pathetic. And I was like, no, like, you know, you're not pathetic, eaten. Though, no. It's not pathetic, it's unfortunate, but... I am going to check
1: Oakley.
0: Okay, so, um, from that moment of having the epidural, once it had kicked in, which probably took about 20 minutes, um... I felt amazing. It was the best thing I could have had. They um they spray you with this cold spray, um, up your leg and up your tummy to check where how far the block so for anyone that doesn't know, because my friend didn't know, an epidural is kind of like a um like it basically numbs your lower half of your body so that you don't feel any pain. So um, they do it from about your belly button down. So you can't even lift your own legs. You they feel really heavy and you can't you can't move. So obviously you've got to stay in the bed. Um, but it was great because I was chatting away to the midwives and and we were having conversations. We were laughing. At that point, then it
1: was alright.
0: Yeah, and she was saying. Did you feel that? And I said, feel what? She You just had a contraction. And I was like, Wow, this is great stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, is a fantastic, I would recommend it. And you have a
0: button that you can press, and I think it's about every twenty minutes, and you can you press it and it sends like it basically tops you up. Yeah. And I can I could feel it, cold fluid going through my spine. It's crazy, isn't it? Um but it was great because it kept you numb and, and you didn't feel a thing. So yeah, we spent the day. Dan was able to go off for lunch.
1: Yeah, we, we had watched friends on the laptop. We watched
0: friends, we watched the episode. <laughs> of when rachel gives birth just because yeah. what a classic um yeah i mean we i wasn't able to eat on the on the chance that i had if i had to have a c-section they don't they don't like you to eat so um i didn't eat all day but you were able to go off and have lunch and and come back and and yeah we just to be honest
1: we had a great day epidural saved the day
0: yeah and i'd 100% have it again like if anything if we have another baby I'll go in there, and before contractions have even started, I'll say, um, can I have a drill, please? That's how great they are. Um, and then it got to 5.40pm, so we'd basically been in there all day, and they went to examine me, and this is where we got a little bit upset. Because I was only three centimetres. So all of that. So thank God I did ask for the epidural. Because imagine I'd gone through all those contractions and then they went, oh, you're only three centimetres. Yes, this is
1: three days in hospital. Some women go to hospital three centimetres.
0: Yeah, and also we haven't mentioned that once I'd had the epidural, I was then put on the oxytocin drip. Yeah. And this again, this is a a hormone that's kind of forcing labour to come on. Um And it, it, everyone knows if you've had it, it's quite an aggressive um
1: You basically had every strategy. trick in the book, didn't you?
0: Yeah. Basically, you had every method.
1: So that, that meant you had a cannula in your hand. <clears throat> yeah. cannula in you your hand, yeah. wire in your back. Yeah. Sick buckets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, um yeah, so we were really disappointed. And they, at this point, because I'd obviously been induced for, like, the last few days, they sent the doctor in, didn't they? And he basically came in and said... These are your options. I take you for a cesarean now, or I'll give you four more hours. If you're not over five centimeters at at ten o'clock tonight, I will be taking you down for a
1: C-section. So again, another roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. we then we then go for all of this? We're stressed. We're anxious. We're nervous. We're we're worn out, especially yeah, Harriet. Tired. I say we, mainly Harriet. Yeah, but um, but then we get this dilemma of shit we've now got 4 hours to try and get your body yeah the cervix to move so that this is when we start preparing ourselves mentally for a c section yeah um, which by the way there's, there's nothing against that but we just didn't we didn't want, we it didn't wasn't want our it, really. first choice yeah
0: and also we'd already been in hospital for 3 days we didn't want to be in for another 3 days yeah we knew that that was highly recovery likely. Time. recovery time was you know 24 48 72 hours potentially so yeah we were just a little bit apprehensive about having the c-section and if we could avoid it we wanted to avoid it didn't we yeah um yeah and you know c-sections are not easy and they're the recovery is you know really hard so we we were trying our best to avoid it if we could so i basically said to the midwife is there anything we can do like if there's if there is we'll do it didn't we
1: and I have to take a bit of credit for this. Yeah. I did say, why don't you try that movie?" you did the other day on the sofa? Yeah. And she was like, yep, yeah, let's try it. And you, you know, you got on all fours. I didn't know how you did it because you couldn't even feel your legs. I
0: know. I, they, well, <coughs> you, and, you and Jemima helped me, didn't you, roll, roll, to roll me over? Yeah. I kind of, to describe it, I was on all fours. Um, and then my elbows were down on the bed with it's a. It's like a, a bit like a downward dog.
1: I was going to say doggy style. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay downward dog we'll downward is a bit more sophisticated um but on on your on your knees, sort of thing um so we did that, and I was in that position for about twenty minutes, and Jemima was massaging me like the whole time she was good, she was amazing, and then, um so what that did is it actually took the baby out of my pelvis, so gravity was then pulling the baby out of my pelvis because. She wasn't... Her head was engaged, but she was sitting at an angle where it... Her, her chin
1: was into her chest.
0: Yeah, and so the baby's head wasn't applying enough pressure onto my cervix to make it dilate. That she must the have problem. been having
1: pressure there, like under her chin.
0: Yeah, we needed the baby to be literally like um, head and neck up by shoulders in a straight line pushing on my cervix. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. So this this move of the downward dog pulled baby out of my cervix... And then she rolled me back over and she basically made the bed into kind of like a chair. And then that gravity pulled it down again, but in the correct position. And it worked. It did. So.
1: At 10pm.
0: Well, before 10pm actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you not remember I said, I basically felt like I needed to fart. Do you remember? I kept saying to you like, babe, I need to fart. And we had a new midwife at this point.
1: Yeah, because Jemima finished her shift.
0: So I was very comfortable around Jemima, (laughs) happy to blow off in front of her. (laughs) But we only just met this new one and I was thinking, we've not even cracked a joke yet. You're literally meeting a
1: stranger when you're in the worst situation of your life.
0: Yeah, and I know they don't care. It's their job as well. Yeah, and I know they've seen people poo and fart and all sorts of stuff, but we were just all sat so quietly in the room, and I just felt like (laughs) I needed to fart. And I felt, like, a huge pressure in my bum, like... So I said to the midwife, I feel like I've got a lot of pressure in my bum, and I also could feel trickling. So when they broke my waters, I didn't even really feel any water go at all. There was no, like, big gush or tsunami. It came out just very, very steadily. Yeah, so... um, And this is really when it started to go properly, because my... I could feel it. I felt like I was weeing myself, basically. Yeah. So yeah. So then we were examined.
1: Yeah. So it was. It was the moment of truth. We were nervous. Were, were you dilated enough? Did would... you have to have a C-section? Yeah. Um. And we had to get to five. We were three before. We had to get to five. They did the inspection, and you were at eight. <laughs> Eight centimetres and honestly I felt euphoric. I was so happy. I was like, wow, not only have we smashed the five centimetre goal, we're at eight.
0: Yeah. Um
1: and we were then having talks about starting to push. Which at this point I'm like I'm I'm in such a um flabbergasted way that the thought of actually having a baby soon. Yeah. Do, you still can't get your head around it. It didn't
0: feel real, did you, it? You feel
1: like you're on a mission to give birth, but you forget that there's an end product. That
0: there's a human. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. So uh, when they say, right, let's start to push, I can just visualise then the baby coming down the, the vaginal canal. You know, I know <laughs> I know the terminology now. Um, and I can just imagine every push is like moving down a bit more and more and more. And it was, it was honestly... So exciting, but also so scary,
0: yeah, well, so we were at eight centimeters, and then um basically the 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 tocker thing, which is the 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 thing they put on your tummy to track the baby's heart rate. It kept kind of moving and falling off, oh, it's because the baby it? wasn't
1: even in the stomach anymore.
0: No. So they were really struggling to get an accurate reading over a period of time of what the baby's heart rate was doing. So they called a consultant in. He examined me. He said, I'm not happy that you haven't got, like to the midwives, I'm not happy that you haven't got a consistent reading of the heart rate. So then um, they were sending all sorts of senior midwives in, weren't they? We had, um, we had the head of midwives. We had the um, registrar came in. They examined me and they said, literally, this was within 10 minutes of previously examining me. They said I was 10 centimetres. Mm. So I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I Honestly, like Dan said, I felt euphoric because I felt like my body was doing what it should be doing and, and I felt quite emotional. Yeah. Um, so then um, we were doing some practice pushes, weren't we? They were telling me...
1: And Harriet was amazing at pushing. I could just tell that she was like, <laughs> you know, when she's in the gym and she's lifting, she's in the zone, she's giving it 100%. I know when I see Harriet doing that and she was 100% Pushing so well.
0: Yeah, well, we had to try and get three pushes in each contraction, didn't we, for as long and hard as we could. And I just remember what you said to me about just imagine, babe, it's like a PT session, and you you've got to give it a hundred percent. And also,
1: because if you do amazing pushes every time, you're gonna have to do less of them. Imagine if you were half in yeah. each push, you'd have to do double the amount yeah. of pushes.
0: Yeah, that's true. So I really was giving it a good go, and they did. They even wrote in my in my birth notes harriet's doing some excellent pushing (laughs) i read it back um but obviously with the heart rate dipping they weren't happy and so when the registrar came in she basically said harriet we're gonna have to intervene now we're gonna have to do an instrumental delivery and we will have to cut you and this was kind of big news to us wasn't it because we hadn't even considered this option
1: no but at this stage we're like I especially was just like just do what you got to do.
0: Well, I was a bit nervous because obviously I was like oh my god, what does that mean? Are we going to go into like the theater like in you know into theater to have it done. Um I'm going to have to have stitches. Um as, as my other question was is the baby going to have a mark on her face um, from the forceps, but I also these were my thoughts and worries, but equally I just signed the bit of paper and said, yeah, crack on, because I wanted the baby to be safe and wanted yeah. to get her out. Um, And they did say this was the quickest way to get her out, wasn't it? And to get her out safely, and that she'd be out within a few contractions. So this is where actually where our home video starts. We did <laughs> yeah. we did record her birth. Um, I don't know if we could ever post it. I don't think we'll ever... Do you know what? I asked my Instagram followers about this the other day. I don't think we'll ever post the raw video... But I think maybe we could um, edit something together.
1: Yeah, perhaps it's it's basically like one born every minute. It's very graphic.
0: Yeah, but you don't see anything. No, so it's not. It's very mm. you know respectful. Yeah, but um, yeah. So next thing you know, I was pushing. The forceps were going in.
1: I was sweating.
0: I remember hearing her say, <sighs> "I'm making the cut." I thought, oh my God. Felt like an
1: operation. Scalp bolt.
0: Yeah, making the cut. And I remember thinking, oh my God, am I going to feel this? And I remember a friend telling me, you won't feel it, which you don't, because they give you local To be be fair,
1: even if you weren't on any pain relief, the pain you're already in was a cut (laughs) added on, you know?
0: So obviously I'd had the epidural, so I wasn't actually in pain like I would have been, but I could feel every contraction coming and I felt a hell of a lot of pressure. That's the best way for me to describe it. Lots and lots of pressure that was almost, it felt like I was going <laughs> to split open. Yeah. So it was still, it was still painful for me.
1: God, can you imagine what it would be like about the epidural?
0: Honestly, I like, have so much respect for women that have done mm. it without, but um, I suppose everyone's, everyone's journey is different. Um, and then, yeah, she was actually, so within the first push of with the forceps, they said, she's got a lot of hair. And they said, do you want to feel it? And I reached down between my legs.
1: This is when my... If you put a heart monitor on me at this point, I would be almost having a heart attack.
0: (laughs) Was this the scary bit for you?
1: Yeah, like from the start to finish, my heart rate was going crazy. But at this point, I was almost like having a heart attack.
0: Yeah, Dan doesn't really like anything gory. So um, I then felt her head, which was incredible. I could feel her hair. It was like so surreal. And then within the next push... Um, I was doing lots of little pushes, wasn't I? She, was she like, told you to. Yeah, she was like little pushes, little pushes, and then I remember her saying, "Harriet, Harriet, open your eyes, open your eyes," and I looked up, and out she came, and it was like Simba on the line. Yeah, because they had a
1: big like floodlight down yeah, there. So yeah. So she just rose from the light.
0: Yeah, and it was just incredible, and I just was so overwhelmed. I we didn't really cry, but we were both. You quite, did sort of. It was like a...
1: We could actually play the, the audio from the video on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> about that.
0: But um, yeah, no, it was like a really special moment when she came out. And I, and I was just like, oh my God, she's so real. She's so real. I can't believe it. And then she was on, on my chest for the next 30 minutes. I cut the cord.
1: Yeah, you did. Yeah.
0: Dan wasn't up for that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I'm with... still like ashamed about not doing it. No. But it's just how I felt with the time.
0: No, don't be ashamed. A
1: lot of people think, what a pussy.
0: Yeah, but you'd already made the decision before that you didn't want to do it. And so when they asked you again and you said no, I thought, well, I'll do it then. Yeah. So we cut the cord um, and then I obviously got stitched up. And then really it was you and the baby.
1: Yeah. I fed her, I dressed her. Yeah. We weighed her with the midwife. Yeah. And... uh,
0: And then you helped me in the bath, didn't you?
1: And at what time was all of this?
0: This is at like
1: 2am, 3am. Yeah, yeah. so that night was another all night and no sleep. And then we... At 4am. 4am we went back to the ward um, where we had Oakley in the little cot next to the bed, rocking her all night. We were sharing
0: the bed. Making
1: sure she wasn't crying. Um, And then, yeah, we got home, sent home at midday, 12 hours after giving birth the next day. And uh, yeah, it was just incredible and it, it is true. It it makes all of those feelings that you felt through that whole roller coaster emotion, you don't you forget it straight away because yeah. you're then your next sort of I like to think in terms of missions and challenges. <laughs> I think right the next mission is to now let's raise the baby now. And you forget about the birth straight yeah. away. You're like, right, what well, let's let's do this. So um yeah this podcast has been amazing to reflect and look back. Um and also I have to say This podcast is probably the most detailed version of this story we've told to anyone. Yeah. So you guys are getting the ultimate story. You're getting the raw,
0: uncut version.
1: This is the real deal of what happened minute by minute. Um, And
0: we haven't mentioned that she was born at 11.55pm. Yeah. So she was very close to having her birthday on the 8th, but she made it on the 7th of June. Same day as Alice's baby. Yeah, 11.55pm. She weighed seven pounds, four ounces with dark brown hair blue eyes and she was just perfect wasn't she and
1: she's still sleeping perfectly in the other room 47 minutes later
0: and for anyone that doesn't know her name is oakley ever aldridge but we will probably talk about her name on next week's episode 100 percent. should there be a next week's episode and so now it is time for your favorite part if you're a loyal listener and dan's singing are you ready
1: so, you think you are the number one Friends fan? But do you know the answers from your husband, Dan?
0: Lovely. I like how you did that. I love how you just cut off the podcast with your theme tune. Yeah,
1: well, let's get to the point. We, um, it's been a while since we've done this. I'm surprised I remembered the lyrics. I know. Um, but anyway, let's move on. So, we've got five questions from five series of friends. This week we have series 9, series 7, series 5, series 2 and series 1. So what one do you want first out of those?
0: I honestly don't care. Okay. (laughs) You take so long to read them.
1: Series 1, question 1. Are you ready? Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: ICE stands for in case of emergency. Who does Rachel choose as her emergency contact? Monica. Correct. One out of one. And is that why you've got ICE on yours as well? When your mum rings you, it says ICE. I don't know.
0: I, I just heard that was a good thing to do.
1: Okay. Series two, question two. What does Joey have to do to get on the job of Days of Our Lives?
0: He has to sleep with the producer.
1: Correct. Sleeps with the casting lady. Yeah. Two out of two. Question three. Make sure you're playing along at home. Series five. What does Larry the health... In... No. Who dates Larry the health inspector? Phoebe. Yeah, that's easy. Even though I need that one. <laughs> question four. Series seven. You might get five out of five today? Yeah. What is the name of the comet that Ross wants to everyone to see? It's hard.
0: Oh. Oh, the Sis no, it's like the Sistine No. Oh, I don't know.
1: The Bapstein King. Comet. Do you see
0: what I was trying yeah, to Steam. say though? Sistine yeah, was right.
1: Bapstein King Comet. Oh, so it's three out of four. That's and then hard. the final question of the episode is series nine. Mm-hmm. When the others find out Ross still sees his pediatrician, yeah, Ross says that Chandler brought what to college. Oh, and I do apologize for my reading. Do so you read it again? Yeah, great. When the others find out Ross still sees his pediatrician, Ross says that Chandler brought what to college.
0: Oh, is it like a blanket or something? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh.
1: A security blanket.
0: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Do you know what? We've been, I've, I'm better at the questions now because we've been watching a hell of a lot of friends, we haven't have we? Almost it, an unhealthy night, amount. Well, yeah, night feeds and stuff. Yeah. Friends goes on. But thank you so much for listening, everyone. We are so excited to be back. Next week, we are going to talk about what the first few weeks of being parents has been like. And we're going to give you again the uncut true version. Um, we're going to share with you a bit more about her name and what she's like and how we're finding things. So if you have any questions, questions, questions then let us know on our instagrams but we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll see you next week
1: bye everyone bye
0: welcome to the Aldridges a podcast with Dan and Harriet follow what they get up to in business travel fitness and family life and all the fun they have along the way they don't take life too seriously but are serious about living their best life Join them for regular updates on it all. And don't forget to subscribe for weekly uploads of The Aldridges.